This is the Maxiao Leadership Podcast. Like most leaders, you are probably currently in transition. Maybe you are new into your role, or you are about to start a new job. Or maybe it's your manager or someone in your team who are new in their role or about to start a new job. If this is you, go to selfempowermentinstitute.com and register for our workshop on leadership transition secrets. All successful leaders I know pay close attention to the transition into their new role because they don't want to compromise their career after a move that is supposed to propel it. Go to selfempowermentinstitute.com to register for the Leadership Transition Secret Workshop today and secure success for your new role. So the first thing is I like to use the notion that it's vulnerability. So it's really an ability that we, we need to develop because it doesn't come naturally to many, many people, especially many leaders, because we have the impression that we have to be on the ball, know all the answers and just be that person that everybody can rely on and, and turn to. So when we can really admit what we know, what we don't know, it's actually very liberating and it makes us more confident as a leader. It sounds funny, but admitting that we don't know, admitting weaknesses is really putting everything on the table. And, and that's when we're showing up as our authentic self. And my favorite question is. My guest today is a leader who always gets me to ponder every time I speak to her. And you will understand what I mean once you listen to this episode. Jackie Roberge is a partner at Minds Matter, a consulting and training firm based in Montreal, Canada, that supports employees, leaders, and organizational well-being. As a leadership coach, Jackie uses a whole-person mindfulness and value-based approach to help people and organizations thrive. Jackie also teaches authentic leadership at the McGill Executive Institute. In my conversation with her today, we discussed the importance for leaders to align with their authentic self, their values, and their purpose. Without further ado, let's welcome Jackie Roberge. Welcome to Maxiao Leadership Podcast. I'm so grateful to you, Jackie, for joining us on our podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Excellent. And um, Jackie, this, this is a podcast about leadership. It's for leaders and entrepreneurs to give them some practical tools and tips about leadership so that they can improve in their leadership skills. And I, and I do this because I truly believe that leadership is at the heart of everything and every, every organization's success really rely on on leadership. And um, before we get into more detail about it, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience and uh, how your interest on leadership came about? Yes, certainly. So my name is Jackie Roberge. I'm a leadership coach. I'm also a life purpose coach and I do mindfulness-based facilitation. So all sorts of workshops like emotional intelligence, psychological safety, but based on 
mind, mindfulness practices. And I'm also a yoga and meditation teacher, although I, I uh, don't do that as much now because I'm busy with the, the coaching and the, the facilitation. So how I got into leadership coaching was a bit of a, um, when I talk about purpose, I say we can either get called towards something that we are um, meant to do, or we can um, sort of get um, passionate about moving towards something. So in this case, it was actually, I was called towards it. I was, um, I went to McGill Executive Institute and that's basically learning continual continuous learning for uh, executives and I presented some of my workshops like mindfulness um, at work uh, emotional intelligence and they ended up coming back to me and saying well we would actually like you to teach our authentic leadership course so that was sort of my first foray into um, teaching um, around this notion of authentic leadership and then they also hired me to do some facilitation for one of their big clients and I ended up coaching um, many of their leaders. It was a, a worldwide um, cohort that was um, getting trained. And I ended up coaching some of those leaders. And, and another completely different situation, I was asked to give uh, workshops for government leaders. So I just kept getting pulled in this direction of working with leaders. And That's I'm true. like you, I'm passionate about leaders have uh, such a great role to play and they're so pivotal pivotal in terms of inspiring um, you know uh, bringing collaboration changing corporate cultures there's just so many uh, roles that leaders play that are so important so um, yeah yeah no I absolutely agree so what would be your definition of leadership you know, I, I was thinking about this and it's it's almost the opposite of what we would think. For me, it's not about, um, you know, creating a following and and being this this sort of um, big image of what we think of a leader. It, to me, mm -hmm. it's really empowering others. Yes. It's it's bringing out the best in people and leveraging their strength. And also inspiring, inspiring them to tap into their purpose, tap into the drive to contribute in a meaningful way. And, uh, and then, yes, there's, there's a portion of it that's setting a vision. And you want to bring everyone along in a collaborative way to make that vision happen. And to me, leadership is not about having all the answers. It's, it's about really bringing uh, good questions, bringing good people on, and then giving them the tools and the training and the support and the encouragement that they need to to really thrive. No, absolutely, I, I agree very much. And to me, you know, it's all about the people, and it, you know, the definition that you gave and the example you 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 you, you went with. It's all around people. You talk about empowering others, inspiring mm -hmm. others. And these days you are very much talking about compassionate leadership. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a bit more about that and why specifically compassionate? Yes, so there's some research that uh, came out this year. It's done over a long period of time with, it was part of the Potential Project and it was done um, with over 350 executives. I think it was 15,000 leaders in over uh, 100 countries, so really internationally based research. And what they found out was that 
new expectations for employees are to feel connected, to feel valued, and to feel cared for and cared about. So to me, if we go in um, it, to look at the leadership role with these expectations in mind, it's a necessary component to be compassionate. So compassion creates the, the connection. It creates the uh, capacity to, to really tune in and want to support and encourage um, our, our, our team teammates, our, our employees. So compassion to me really is necessary for taking and making tough decisions, but doing it in a kind, caring, um, and, and really honest and open way. That's, that's part of this compassion is, is being able to make hard decisions, but in a human way and really connect with the people uh, and, and what they're going through as these decisions and might be affecting different, um, different aspects of their life to, to really connect with the people. Uh, absolutely. And, and I think there must be something to do with what we've lived through over the last two years mm -hmm. as well. You know, people are discovering a, new, a different or new sense of purpose and they, they want their work to be more meaningful. How much do you think the pandemic has impacted that field of leadership and changing the role of leaders? I think it's it's done uh, actually really um, positive uh, things in terms of the, the role of a leader. One, it is, it is um, gave leaders the opportunity to be vulnerable. So I did some interviews about halfway into the pandemic and I said, what's going on? How do you, how do you feel as a leader? And, and they were really saying they were uncomfortable not being able to tell their people, this is our clear vision, this is where we're going and I've got you guys. They had to get up there and say, look, there's so much uncertainty. This is where we're heading. We need your support. We need your input. And it really was a humbling experience. So I think that's that was beautiful. Secondly, I believe that it helped leaders care more about the person. And when I do my coaching, I call it whole person coaching. Because when you show up at work, you're not just showing up as uh, your role at work. You're showing up as a, a whole human being, as a parent, as a sister, brother, as a caregiver, whatever you're dealing with. And what the pandemic did is it gave leaders a view, literally a view into the world that, that their employees were living in. So that, you know, you might've seen people dealing with kids or whatever might be happening in their personal life. And it really allowed leaders to connect with them on, on a, a more personal basis. And I think it deepened connections and really gave uh, leaders an opportunity to see their employees as as they are um, you know whole people and I think finally like you said in terms of the employees I think it did give people inspiration to kind of reflect on what's really important and life is fragile and we don't know what the future holds and am I doing meaningful work am I where I want to be and, and leveraging my strengths and leveraging what I'm passionate about. And if we're not bringing passion to our work, then there's and the amount of time that we spend working. There's definitely um, an opportunity there to, to find more alignment with our values and with our, our what, what we're meant to do, our purpose in life. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I was, um, I was at, I was at training last week or earlier this week. 
about change and, uh, in leadership. And um, one of the things the, the facilitator did very well was sharing some of their personal stories and uh, creating that connection mm-hmm. and allow themselves to be vulnerable. Yeah. And uh, at the end, all the participants were thanking him for, for doing that. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, I'm doing this so that you are able to do the same with your team members and show yes. that vulnerability. But it's difficult sometimes as a leader to show that side of us. And uh, some people might feel like, oh, no, no, this is work. No, we're not allowed to, to show that much emotions. How do you take your clients and people you coach through being or allowing themselves to be vulnerable? What, 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 do you, what would you recommend people do as practical steps to create that connection? Mm, good question. So the first thing is I like to use the notion that it's vulnerability. So it's really an ability that we, we need to develop because it doesn't come naturally to many, many people, especially many leaders, because we have the impression that we have to be on the ball, know all the answers, and just be that person that everybody can rely on and, and turn to. And really, like you said, it, when we are vulnerable, it creates deeper level connections and it creates more psychological safety. It, it, it gives people, other people permission to really share and not feel like there's going to be negative consequences from, from whatever they're sharing. And this doesn't mean that you need to share it all, <laughs> but you, you want to... Um, share at appropriate times in appropriate ways that creates the, the connection and, and like you say, opens up for, you're basically a role model to how you want others to be able to, to open up. Um, and I think what I do with my clients that help is helpful is one of the coaching trainings I got was with a coach called Brendan Bouchard and he has high, it's a high performance uh, coach. And he talks about this new definition of confidence. And it really is about feeling okay to say, I don't have the answer. And instead of trying to hide your weaknesses and, and you know, not be seen, and there's this whole imposter syndrome, like uh, I, I'm, I'm here, but if anybody finds out that I, I'm not as good as they think I am, then I'm in trouble. That is just actually exhausting. So when we can really admit what we know, what we don't know, it's actually very liberating and it makes us more confident as a leader. It sounds funny, but admitting that we don't know, admitting weaknesses is really putting everything on the table. And and that's when we're showing up as our authentic self. When we talk about authentic leadership, it's like, here I am. And this is empowering. So when we are our most authentic self, this is when we're our most powerful self, even though it feels vulnerable to start with once you you start experiencing like okay it's okay to show up just as i am then it's um it's self-reinforcing so it it really is an important practice for leaders absolutely no that that, that's right and um you know if i if i if i wanted to go along this line you know showing your whole self being the authentic allowing yourself to to say i don't have the answer and at the same time, sometimes or most of the time, people will be turning to the leader for comfort or for, 
for reassurance you know mm -hmm. how where do you put the the limit between allowing yourself to be transparent authentic and also you know showing some level of strength for you know put supporting the team through mm -hmm. etc mm -hmm. level of encouragement yeah I, i guess to me the you know showing up with compassion and authenticity that is the strength and when when you can really tune into the emotions and and deepen your understanding of the struggles of what your employees are going through that's again when you're playing you know one of your most powerful roles so it's it's a paradigm shift from you know needing to know all the answers to wanting to support encourage uh, connect with validate the feelings of my employees and also ask the good questions that's much more important to me than knowing all the answers and that as a leader when you can turn to people and involve them and that's also what happened during the pandemic is that answers and ideas started to come from all sorts of places in the organization and i think it really opened up leaders to say okay good i i don't need to have everything um all planned out i can rely more on my people and that's a really big part of um this this vulnerability and opening up and and creating a collaborative environment that that the results are really powerful absolutely and uh i, I think also we, we we go through years where the psychological pressure for employees but also for leaders is getting really high how, how do you recommend leaders maintaining their well-being and you know protecting their, their psychological uh strength and presence to mm. allow them to be better leaders well it all starts with self-care i believe if we are not as a leader if we're not uh, start with a very very basic if we're not sleeping well that's like bottom line that there's improvement there and when we don't sleep well what happens is we end up it's it's got this spillover effect on where we don't feel like exercising as much we turn to coffee and junk food or whatever it is and we're just not on our game like when we are tired we can be um more judgmental impatient all those things so and again going back to Brendan Bouchard when he coaches people if one of the first questions is are you getting eight hours of sleep And most of the time the leaders will go, Brenda, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about that. I, you know, I'm here to be coached on my leadership. And he's like, no, 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 this is fundamental. So sleep, um, are, are, are you taking care of yourself in terms of exercise, eating well? So the, the three basics, but they are, as Brendan would say, they're common sense, but they're not always common practice. And leaders tend to put the needs of others and the organization before themselves in many cases but i believe that that is a mistake because we as leaders everybody counts on them to be showing up at their best and that takes discipline and it takes courage uh and takes maybe setting limits and boundaries for me when i when i coach people one of the best uh solutions i find is get a morning routine get up a little bit earlier do your walk do your meditation have a healthy breakfast whatever it is but don't your don't start your day in a rushed way and the more 
delay you put in terms of doing exercise and things for yourself, the more chances that something else is going to come up and that you're not going to be able to give yourself that self-care that is essential, foundational for, for good le leadership. No, I, I completely can relate to that. I, I remember when I started to get into this space of reading more and, uh, and uh, studying more leadership, one of the things that got me started was a book by Hal Herald called Miracle Morning, mm -hmm. where it talks about, you know, the morning routines. And yeah. I started to practice the Miracle Morning. And mm -hmm. through that, one of the steps was reading. Uh -huh. and I started to read books. Good. And, uh, one thing led to another. I then got introduced to Brendan Machard, got introduced to Tony mm -hmm. Robbins, to yeah. uh, all the leadership books with uh, John Maxwell. And then, you know, that morning routine is yeah. what gave me the space to read mm -hmm. more, to exercise more, get yeah. more conscious about, you know, what I need to do with my body and obviously looking after my, my, my mind. And so I absolutely agree. You're right. Looking at this person. Yeah, I, I call my workshop own your mornings. So really, that's that's the time that usually, as long as we get up early, nobody else can take that time. So that's it's really right. sacred time. Yes. And I guess one of one of the space in the morning is also allowing us to reflect on mm -hmm. what we want to do. What's what's our purpose in life? What, what, mm -hmm. what's, what's your definition of purpose and how important is purpose for leadership? My definition of purpose, of life purpose, is really discovering the, the difference that you're meant to make in the world based on your unique talents, skills, and life experiences. And when people tap into that, they really tap into a greater level, a level of passion, of drive, and of energy. So I believe if, if there's not a good, at least a partial alignment between our purpose and you know, the, the purpose or the um, fundamentals of, of, of the business, what, what the business is about, if there's not some sort of alignment, then we're missing out on an opportunity for greater fulfillment, um, feeling you know, like our life has more meaning, that we're contributing more. And that's a fundamental human need to contribute. And that's how we find fulfillment. It's not the big bonus and the, the checks and the, all the, uh, the benefits. It's really those things can make us temporarily feel happiness or joy. But the real fulfillment, the lasting fulfillment comes from that alignment with doing what you feel is a meaningful contribution and, and really helping the greater good. That's, that's a, a fundamental human need to contribute to the greater good. So it's, uh, to me, it's, it's really important to, to find that alignment and more and more companies are starting to define their purpose, which is, is really great. And then it's more clear when you're, you're looking to lead a company, okay, is that a, is that a company that I'm aligned with in terms of my purpose and where they're going? So it makes it easier. No, absolutely. No, I agree. But then, you know, if I'm a student of yours and you know, I come to a workshop and you say, Mike, you need to find your purpose. And I'll say, okay, Jackie, how do I do that? How do I go about what, you know, what are the practical steps that I can take to, mm -hmm. to help me, you know, identify or find that purpose? Well, definitely it's tuning into your passions. So anything that 
really lights you up. Um, and, and sometimes that's um, what lights your heart up. And sometimes that's what breaks your heart. So tuning into if there's a, something that you, an injustice in the world, and you think, I really want to change that. And you're just like so um, passionate about making that change. It's likely related to your purpose. Um, another sign is like when I started meditating, I got so excited about the benefits. I wanted to share it with the world. So when you have that kind of feeling like, oh my gosh, I've discovered this and I want to share it. It's, it's a sign that you're, you're aligned with your passion. And really anytime you're doing something where you feel uh, you lose track of time, you feel like you're in the zone, all those kind of things, it's, it's likely that you're doing an aspect of your purpose. And the good news is we are all doing our purpose naturally because it is something that comes naturally to us. But what happens when you actually sit down and do, I have a bunch of exercises that I help people um, actually get clarity around purpose. Um, once you put your finger on it, then you can actually see, okay, now I'm doing my purpose and you can see the impact, the kind of the before and after. This is the way the situation of the person was before I did my purpose. This is how it was after. And it just heightens our level of, um, of meaning and, and uh, you know, realizing that the impact that we, that we have in, in, our, in our work. So it really um, makes it more fulfilling when we can pinpoint it. And, um, and then we can, you know, really lean into it as well and develop it. Uh, absolutely. And, and so then through your work and your, your coaching, what, what would you say is um, the biggest challenge that you see the leaders are facing today? Um, I would say that one of the biggest challenge is not only a, a stressed out workforce, but um, just kind of overwhelmed, fatigued, um, discouraged, you know, with the whole COVID, with um, the economy, all these things. So I think one of the things is just supporting the mental health of employees and being able to either put programs in place or create, uh, I talk a lot about psychological safety now, just creating cultures where, again, it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to make mistakes, it's okay to admit that we are feeling overwhelmed or anxious. And when I talk about the, the compassionate part, um, basically empathy is, is you know, when you're feeling the emotions of the other person. And that's important because they felt under they feel understood or heard. But compassionate leadership brings it to the next step. It's how can I help? Now that you've shared this with me, I feel I feel what you're going through, I feel your pain. How can we move forward? How can I support you? And that's really it's empowering and inspiring to be able to to, to do that for people. And a lot of times we feel as leaders, like we have to know all the answers in order to broach a subject. So if somebody's having a difficult time and feeling overwhelmed, we just kind of, okay, I don't know how to fix that because they're on a big project and they have to deliver. But really my, my advice for, for leaders would be don't shy away from really head on discussing, connecting with individuals and really hearing their concerns and, and connecting with their emotions and not worrying about having all the answers. That's again, not the most important thing. Just allowing them to share 
and and having that deeper connection is is really powerful and then it gives you a question how can i support how can we co-create a plan moving forward that will support you and 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 the organization because bottom line the leaders also need to drive performance and you know really compassion is about doing it in a way that's that's human and caring at the same time no no absolutely how can i help i guess that's one of the greatest question that uh, yeah. leaders should, yeah. should keep in mind and yeah. good one and ask their team mm-hmm. uh, absolutely and um i know you you do a lot of interviews and podcasts and training and coachings and you get a lot of questions from 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 your audience what's the one question that you wish people ask you but they don't ask um You know what what just comes up spontaneously for me is the the power of beliefs. If somebody would ask me, Jackie, well, you know, how how powerful are the beliefs that we have about things about ourselves? And this is something I use a lot in my coaching is when we have a belief about something, basically our ego wants to be right. So it will literally see and hear things in the foreground that support our belief and other things that doesn't don't support our belief get pushed to the the background so we really want to challenge ourselves in terms of what beliefs am i holding again like i said about myself about the economy about my my people and my favorite question is are those beliefs serving you are they helping move you in a direction that's positive that towards what's important to you towards uh, your your objectives and if not how can you replace those beliefs how can you start forming new um new ways of thinking and opening up to other possibilities another thing that i i ask when people t- share their beliefs is is it true and often it's not true it's just a perception and and if it is true is it always true and it really helps them dig down to to, to deeper levels of of reflection and so i think that's one of the most important things um self awareness is also really important and if we're not self aware then we don't even know that these beliefs and patterns are are playing in the background and influencing so much of our our perceptions so that would yeah Absolutely. Is it true? Is it always true? Yeah. <laughs> How many know of that? <laughs> and is it serving you? Yeah. And is it serving you? Is it yeah. serving you? As we get toward the end of um, our conversation here today, uh, Jackie, again, thank you very much. What what are three books that you recommend our audience? It could be one, but you know, if you okay, uh, um, I, I'll give you three. that that kind of covered different things one would be conscious capitalism um and that's um a book about um whole foods and john mackey um it's written with um raj sisodia and it's it's just a wonderful example of a leader um that was really a visionary before his time and the story is really funny because he dropped out of school and he ended up becoming an amazing like 
leader beyond what business schools can teach people to be. And it was all through hard work and reading and mentorship. And so it's a really, really inspirational leadership book. Another that I love um, and it's more related to purpose is The Big Five for Life. And it's, it's a really uh, captivating story, easy read, but really powerful in terms of that whole notion of bringing your purpose to work. And as a leader in this book, he actually, this, the leader actually develops companies and divisions based on people's passions and desire to contribute in a certain way. So again, that's super um, inspirational. And the third book would be The Untethered Soul. And that would be more on the spiritual side. So that's Michael Singer, one of my favorite spiritual teachers. And there's just a a lot of wisdom in the book. Uh, it's a lot about self-awareness um, in terms of our, our, our mind and how busy our mind is and how often the thoughts that are there are not serving us. So um, that's a really, and a, a follow-up book to that is The Surrender Experiment. If you like The Untethered Soul, his next book is The Surrender Experiment, which is a, a really fascinating read as well. And he became, just a, a quick note on the, the surrender experiment, he became the CEO of a company that sold for, I think, over $3 billion without um, any clear direction that that's what he wanted to, to go towards. He was really um, surrendering to life and, and really tuning in with you know, what, what he was being called to do in the moment. So it's a, it's a really inspiring book as well. Wow. No, that, that's great. I've got a really good uh, selection here for, for the coming uh, weeks, <laughs> yes. month. Thank, thank you so much, Jackie, for, for that. For your morning routine. For my morning routine, absolutely. Yeah. And um, so where can our listener find you? If people want to get to know more about you and your work, where, where should they go? Uh, they can go to LinkedIn. So Jackie Robert on LinkedIn. I'm also uh, now a partner at Minds Matter. So you can go to mindsmatter.com and, um, or you can just, yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn is a, it's a safe way. Excellent. So thank you so much, Jackie. And uh, for parting with us so much wisdom today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This was the Maxiao Leadership Podcast. Thank you for joining us. To listen to future episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Until next time, keep being the leader everybody trusts and respects.